0: Basilo, Powell, nous n'enchaînons. Rélez, Rélez, Basilo, Powell, nous n'enchaînons. Rélez, Rélez, Basilo, Powell, nous n'enchaînons. Rélez, Rélez, Basilo, Powell, nous n'enchaînons. Rélez, basilo, Powell, nous n'enchaînons. Rélez, d'un bal à un dos qui s'en a fait. Naere to mala wedo ki sa na fe toi pou toa nou l'en le toa Na mala wedo rele onre o bazilo pa welou na cheno Na mala wedo rele rele o bazilo pa welou non cheno wa rele ma sagine ki sa na fe dessous ma sou marassa Kisana the toi pour toi one who is the one who is the rele, rele the one who is the one who is the one who is rele, rele who is the one who is the one who is Wa rele who is the one who is the one who is the one the Souma, it's elé, little bit of a little bit the Malawado, the rele the Lay, the Lay, Good evening, good welcome, and good
1: night. Wishing everybody a joyous day today, and I'm happy to have you Another week. Tonight's guest is a certified angelic medium, past life, and tarot reader. She works on clearing and shielding with the Archangel Michael, as well as doing crystal therapy. I've had the wonderful chance to see this beautiful woman in many Facebook groups, as well as other places. And just love the woman and the energy that she brings. So let me bring on our special guest, the Divinity Diva. Hey, are you with us?
2: I am. How you doing, Silver Fox?
1: Hey, I'm doing well, and I knew you were going to say that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because you're gifted. That's why.
1: I shaved right before the show.
2: (laughs) Michael, you know I hate that. I love a man with a beard. Come on, work with a sister.
1: I can't help it. You got that itchy feeling. Uh, You... you (sighs) So, tell us a little bit about your style of reading and how you got into divination.
2: Okay. First, first I have to tell you, I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you.
1: You know, now, I've been scouting I've been you been out, out for a while.
2: You have been following Professor Porterfield. <laughs> I have a good lineup. I see you have a good lineup. I saw that, and I was like, sweet baby Jesus. I'm coming behind (laughs) Professor Porterfield. What the hell am I going to talk about? We're going to talk about divination. Let's talk about it. So let's see. Where do we start? My type of reading is kind of like in your face. I don't think it's so different than what the other readers you have had on do. I think I'm an honest reader. I think I'm a realistic reader. So for a lot of people, if you've seen my live readings, I really I come at you straight. No chaser. Right. And I think in the beginning when I first started, because I really just opened up professionally about two years ago, I was really kind of scared to talk to people like that because, of course, I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings or you know, throw people off and not have them, you know, be comfortable. But spirit kind of took a hold of me. And, man, I don't turn into like a bat out of hell lately. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes
1: spirit has that habit that when clients are sitting in front of you, sometimes they just need to hear it the way it comes out.
2: Yeah, definitely. I can't, you know, I can't share in the delusion or the illusions. I can't. So I think when a lot of people come to me and I warn them because a lot of people know how I read, but it is very direct. And I think as a reader, you owe it to your client to be as honest as you possibly can. I mean, of course, tactful. Now, we all know I don't have the best language in the Eh, world. Mine's not always that great either. Yeah, you know, so that's why we're kinder spirits. But you know what? If it gets the point across, then it's good. I did what I was supposed to do.
1: And I think that's the important thing. You know, when we're doing readings for clients, they need to walk away with an understanding that they got the actual message. Absolutely. And and sometimes, you know, it's like having kids. You got to give them some tough love.
2: Well, I think for a lot of people that come for readings, a lot of them do want the tough love. Now, you do have your few that, you know, they, they want the rainbows and the unicorns. And there are readers out there, and I'm not putting them down or saying anything about, about some people, but there are angelic readers that are very comforting and nurturing and the spin on the story. It may be the same, but the delivery is a lot softer. Yes. And, and, you know, I can appreciate that because sometimes we need that, but I think a lot of my readers, a lot of, a lot of readers that I deal with my friends and my clients and things that come to me, they expect my style. And a lot of people thank me for it because they've been stuck And they needed to hear it a certain way. Like you say, tough love.
1: I mean, sometimes they got to get that shook up feeling, you know, to just knock them out of where they are so they can actually see that clearer path.
2: Absolutely. You remember when we first had a conversation and you told me, you said, you don't need those cards. Put those cards down. You're not the first person who told me that, and I know I use them as a crutch, and I know because they I like the confirmation. First of all, I think I have what is it? My one of my uh, planets in Virgo, so I'm a perfectionist, so I like to have that that confirmation. But when you told me that, you kind of you came at me straight. It's like put your cards down. You don't need them, and it really made me realize, you know, okay, you need to start working in a different direction so that you can get off of this. And sometimes the message. It is the message. And
1: it's really not so much, you know, when I give a message like that, it's not always completely get away from cards themselves as more, you know, trust what messages spirits are giving to you. You know, don't second guess when spirit whispers in your ear or yells in your ear, hey, this is it. Trust that, you know, and I feel that doing that makes you become a better reader, You know, because now you're relying on that intuition and that spirit communication.
2: No, I agree. I agree 100%. I think it it really opens you up more. And I think into the encouragement from other people who are gifted and they can look at you and say, you know what, let me help you grow. Let me help you move to that next level because some of us get complacent. You know, we we rely on our tools and sometimes you're, you're needing to open up to something else. So I appreciate it. You're not the first person to tell me that, but you gave me the message that I needed to hear. And, you know,
1: I'm all about divination. You know, I love every tool that they make. It doesn't matter what it is. I love to learn. And mostly it's to open myself up.
2: Well, I think a lot of people, especially a lot of my clients that come to me, they want to know, how do you open yourself up? You know, I meditate. I pray. You know, I'm outside in the grass chanting. Nothing's happening. You know, the moon is shining on me and I'm not getting it. And sometimes you need a tool to kind of help you. You know, I always tell people to connect. And for a lot of people, that's the way they start. That's the way I started. I bought my first deck at 16. And I think I was in New Orleans. I went into a shop and picked up a deck of cards, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, they felt different. There was something about it. Took it home, and then I started realizing that the story was what I was living. And once you click on it and you connect and you, you start trusting your intuition because you kind of know what you feel is actually what you're supposed to be doing or what you're feeling. Yes. So it's growth.
1: And it is. And, you know, one of the reasons I... Learn as much as I can, you know, is because I like to further my education. I like to further and deepen that connection. And I like to think outside the box, you know, whether it's angel cards, soul cards, tarot. I mean, it doesn't matter what modality of reading or what the tool is, you know, it's so I don't stay stagnant and stuck in that same line that I'm moving in.
2: Right. I think we're supposed to challenge ourselves so that we evolve, that we grow. It's just like even with the tea cards. Now, in your group, you know, you post the tea cards and every week I go in and I try. I'm very intuitive. That's normally the way I read. Yes. But with the T cards, they challenge me because I have an issue or an obstacle with the direction of the cards, So it actually makes me work harder to get it because it's something that I it's not naturally coming to me. So it's pushing me to open up and see things a lot better. And it's great when you have direction from other people who are like, "Okay, try it this way or look at it from this perspective. But I just you have to try something. You have to keep growing. You have to keep evolving.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, you can do one thing. And as Professor Porterfield said last week, you know. If you do one thing and you do it really great, then you don't need to go in any other direction. But, you know, as new people in divination, you know, and people that are learning and still evolving,
2: mm-hmm.
1: sometimes they need to be able to sit there and try this and try that and try this to see what works and to see what helps opens them up and what they connect with.
2: Yeah, seriously. I mean, I get bored. I love my cards. I love my time that I spend with spirit, but there are times where I'm like, okay, let's try something different. Let's take it in a different direction. Let's see where I can push it. Let's see what else I'm good at. And to do that, you really have to come out of the box. You, you should try different things. Like you said, tarot, I can connect with that. No problem the the tea cards the T cards challenge me and i actually i like the challenge
1: i like with T cards they tend to soften me up
2: they mm. soften my
1: deliverance of messages unlike some of the other tools i use that are a bit on the brutal side
2: Yes, that is true. You have a deck. What was that deck? It's by Paris, isn't it? Um,
1: well, the one uh, I use a lot in Karen's deck or Karen's uh, group is Karen's Faith, Hope, and Charity deck, um, uh, which is her exclusive. There's only a few more decks left before they're gone. Um, but it happens to be like one of the most beautiful decks that I own.
2: Oh, she has amazing dicks. All of them. All of them are beautiful.
1: You know, so now, how did you start in divination itself? I mean, what was it that made you move in that particular direction?
2: Oh, wow. Okay, so I've started, stopped, started, and stopped pretty much my whole life. When I was younger, I was able to see spirits, And of course, it freaked me out. And it was something that I didn't want to open up to. And I really for a few years shut down, didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I think when I pretty much in my late teens, I started feeling like I wanted to learn more, open it back up. And then, I, like I said, I went to New Orleans, went into a little voodoo shop, bought me a little deck of cards and it was on. And I did that for a few years. And just for myself, I started off just reading myself, not even family or friends, just concentrating on me and gradually just getting good, really getting good at what's going to go on with me next week. Then I kind of shut it down when I started seeing spirits that I think scared me. So I went through these phases where it was like, okay, I want to be open. No, I don't want to be open. And it was back and forth. But actually, probably about two or three years ago, I joined this medium psychic group and it was for practice. And it took me like six months to go in and say, "Okay, this is I want to try this. I want to put myself out there because I had never read for other people. And it was one of those experiences where you learn, you pull some cards. People were like, yay, nay, you know, that belongs to me. No, you're not connecting. It really helped open me up as the group started to grow. I really started pushing myself to really open up intuitively and start reading a lot more. And that's pretty much where everything kind of kicked off with Divinity Diva.
1: I love that name, by the way.
2: (laughs) One of the members in the group actually um, picked it out. I had a little contest for a free reading. So I I told him, just throw some names out there. And if I like the name, then you get the free reading. And it came up. and I was like, wow, you know, I, I like it. It has a little thing to it. And there we go. It does. It has a little bit of pizzazz,
1: a little class, you know, it stands out, you know, and and that's one of the things I think as readers that, you know, when you are doing things professionally, sometimes you need to stand out among all the others that are around and have a name that people just can remember easily.
2: True, it is true. there's so many of us out there. I mean right now, everybody's a reader. Everybody has their Facebook lives. I mean, it's a ton of people, a ton of talented people out there, but I definitely agree with you. the name, the style, the personality is what makes you stand out. and I'm fortunate I have a, a group of people that really like what I do. I mean, they click with me, they come in every week, Of course they're free readings. I mean it's you know it's not hard to follow somebody when they're doing free readings. But 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 it helps. It does. It does help. And it's entertainment. I mean, for a lot of them, my personality, I mean, sometimes I'm batshit crazy. I say some inappropriate things. Well, I say a lot of time I say a lot of inappropriate (laughs) things. But I think a lot of people you either it's one of those things where you click with me and you like my personality or you don't. I don't think there's any in between with me.
1: I'm the same way. You know, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm either all in or all out. Uh, There's no in betweens for me. So people either like me or they don't. And I think it's important that you click and like who your reader is.
2: Absolutely. If
1: you don't, it doesn't matter if they're right, you're just not going to accept whatever message, and you're not going to be open.
2: No, it's true. You know, a lot of my clients, they call me Mama T and I'm kind of like, what the hell? Why do I got to be mama? Why (laughs) can't be sister or cousin? You know, come on now. I mean, I know I'm a mature woman, but but the thing about it is, is that they all come to me because they feel like they're talking to a parent or they're talking to somebody who's an, an elder for them and it brings them comfort. And they connect with that because you're right. A lot of people, you wouldn't go to a reader that you don't feel connected to.
1: You shouldn't. And even if they are the best reader on earth, if I don't like them, their personality, their energy, I'm wasting my time because I'm shut down automatically.
2: Yeah, I've been through that. I've had some readings and paid really good money with some readers that I wanted to like. And then they started the reading and they were dry as fuck. Oh shit, can I say fuck? Well, goddamn, I said fuck and shit. (laughs) Sorry, you guys. Sorry. Well, I don't fucking think that makes
1: a difference now.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know what they say? Correct it. Try to correct it quickly. But, I mean,. I've been there. I've spent money on people that I expected to have a connection with, and you just don't. You don't have the connection, and then you sit back and you go, I can't believe I just wasted $50 or $100 on somebody, and I didn't even receive the message.
1: Right. You know, And sometimes people come to readers because they are looking for a certain message. And it doesn't matter anything else you tell them. If they don't get that particular message... They don't hear anything else.
2: It's true. I mean, you know, last month I had a special on love readings and everybody wanted to know, are they coming back? Do they love me? Are they not going to cheat on me anymore? And I mean, after a while, you're just like, oh, God, you know, it is what it is. Some of them, they got really upset because they didn't hear. You know, one reader told them, yeah, you're going to get married and have 15 kids. No, I didn't see it. He's going to cheat on you and leave you for the other woman. That's the way it is. And they went back and became regular clients for the other reader because she gave them the message that they wanted to hear. Nothing wrong with it. People spend their money where they want to spend the money. But, you know, that's not – I can't have that on me. I can't have it where I'm just telling you something to make you feel good and take your money. I just can't do that.
1: I can't either. And I've seen it a lot of times where people just want to give the – sweet, soft. Everything is wonderful. Everything is roses. Well, you know, what? life is not all roses.
2: No, it is true. I actually, I think a few years ago, I was dating this guy in Trinidad and really, really into him. And I went to a reader and she goes, yeah, y'all are going to get married. You're going to get married and you're going to have two kids. Well, that threw me off because I'm like, I'm not having any more kids. (laughs) But she was very adamant that this was going to happen. Now I'm pulling my cards and the son of a gun is cheating we ain't getting married. We're not having any babies. <laughs> but she she, she kept telling me, no, come back. I'm going to do a, a cleansing and we're going to get you open and we're going to make you fertile and all this and that. And I was like, no, nah. no, 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 no. We're not, we're not going to spend no more money and do this. That, that was ridiculous. But she has a lot of clients and it works for her, but <laughs> it's just not, it's not ethical. It's not the proper way.
1: No, you're right. And it's not you know, you've got to be ethical in this practice if you really want to make a difference, as well as keeping your gifts. Because Absolutely, we know-
2: I think so too. I think spirit. I don't know about other people, but my spirits kick me in my ass when I do. Even in my, when I'm on my live readings, and I say some things that maybe I shouldn't say, I get like a like a sharp pain on one side of my head, and that's them telling me get right. Get right, get back on track. And I respect it. I'm obedient, you know, but I, it is what it is. You know, you're accountable for what the spirits are saying. You're passing a message. You're really not supposed to go in and change it up.
1: Right. Or and play games the thing with, it. with a lot of spirits is, you know, whether we do it consciously or subconsciously, we make an agreement with our spirits and our guides. Like one of the agreements I had that I deliberately. Verbalized with all my guides is even though I read professionally and even though I do charge for readings if at any point in time a spirit presents themselves and tells me I must give this person a particular message they get that message has nothing to do with payment at that time, has nothing to do with a reading spirit is saying this person needs to hear this and as long as I follow The agreements that I have with my guides and my spirits, you know, they continue to work with me and they continue to walk alongside me.
2: I agree with you. I mean, like you say, you made a contract, you made a commitment. And I'm the same way. You know, if you pay for 30 minutes and spirit is like, no, we're going to talk to him for another 30 minutes. That's what we do. You know, it's, it, you, I think you have to be honest with people and fair with people. And when people come to you, a lot of times people don't come to readings when everything is going freaking amazing in their life. They're coming to you when the shit is hitting the fan. Yes. You know, they, they need help. They need guidance. I mean, I remember getting readings when I was at low points and I needed the truth. So you have a big responsibility. This is not just picking up a deck of cards and shuffling and and you know, giving people, I'm not going to say the fluff part of it, but this is life for a lot of people. They make decisions off of this, you know, they choose paths, they choose, you know, journeys off of what you, what you tell them sometimes. So you got to be right about it.
1: You know, it's not what we consider to be a weekend warrior job. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. You know, we take it to bed with us. You know, we have spirits that wake up whispering in the ear saying, hey, you'll know when this person walks in your, you know, in front of you or in your path or you have any kind of communication, this message needs to come out. And as long as we follow it, you know, our gifts of being able to speak with spirit continue to work with us. And the minute that we screw it up, they have every right to leave. And they do.
2: Yeah, they do. I've had some pull away and it's like, okay, where are you at? And It's like, okay, you didn't do it the way I wanted it. And I understand that and I respect it. I think sometimes you just have to realize that you're of service. They're not working for you, you know? So you have to be realistic about it and say, I have to be respectful of this gift because it is a gift.
1: it is. And you can be the best and most gifted person in the world. But even that comes to an end if you're not doing it for the right reason and from your heart.
2: Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it with some friends that are readers. And I mean, they're like, I'm completely blocked. You know, I don't know why. And it's sometimes it's because of some things that they did that, you know, maybe caused that. And they had to rectify it. They have to go back in and, and change it. I mean, sometimes even with me lately, I've been having a lot of suicidal clients and I talk to spirit. I don't really want to deal with this. I'm not trained. First of all, I'm compassionate, but I think sometimes even some of the, the conversations are a little bit too heavy for me. And I'm not sure I give messages, but it is draining. And a lot of times I'll pull back. I won't answer the call. I don't want to do it. And I'll dream about the person. I'll think about the person. They keep the person on my mind until I go, okay, all right, mm-hmm. let's have a conversation. <laughs> let's do it
1: (laughs) we can run but we can't hide
2: (laughs) oh trust me we cannot and i mean i get it i get it i signed up for this i said i wanted to open this up to help people and that's part of helping people you know it's just one of those things
1: you know i understand you're also a certified angelic medium
2: I yeah. actually took a course about three years ago, and I have to be honest, before I really took the course, I didn't understand mediumship. I didn't even realize some of the things that I was that I saw in my life were a part of mediumship. Um, when I took this course, and even just lately, I've I noticed I've had a lot of spirits that come over and they want to communicate how they passed over. And, and, and it's awkward to me. It's still awkward to me. If you notice I don't even do lives on mediumship because it, it takes a lot of energy from me and I'm uncomfortable. I lately just started reading people and now I'm starting to feel the, the physical ailments of people who pass, you know, my heart hurts if they're having a heart attack Or if I feel like somebody was strangled, I feel like I can't breathe, or somebody is choking me. And to be honest, that shit creeps me out. Spirit does it it with me too. Go ahead, Michael.
1: You know it does that with me too. It you know freaks me out, creeps me out. But when it's taking place, that's actually for me. It's spirit telling me how they passed. They're telling me what they're going through so that I can give that information to whoever it is so they know who I'm speaking about. And I don't do it publicly either. You know, I do it in private chat, one-on-one. I do it just between me and whoever's getting the information because I think that's a very sacred gift to you.
2: It really is. I agree with you 100%. I think it's sacred. I think it's so sensitive. And with something like that, I don't even want the distractions. I want to pass the message the way, exactly the way Spirit wants the message to be passed. And, and you're dealing with people who are grieving, who are hurting. And this person is coming back to let them know, you know, I'm okay, or this is what's happening. And to have somebody on the other side of the phone or sitting across from you and they're crying and you can feel their pain. It's just it's a lot of responsibility, and I think it should be handled um, with a sensitivity about it. Yes. So even though I, I I have opened up as a medium, I'm very, very still new to it. I'm still in a probably in a phase where I'm not 100 percent comfortable with it, but I'm not fighting spirit. If this is the path that they want me to go, then I'm going to open it up and I'll do what I need to do. But it is taking me a little time, actually. Even after that class, I think it opened it up, and now I'm starting to really figure out. Okay, this is how I need to manage it. So it's been it's been interesting, to say the least.
1: Yeah, uh, mediumship work is always interesting. Um, it's never the same. <laughs> never. Um, you just have to make sure that you're always, you know, cleansing yourself. You're always grounding yourself. You're always releasing whatever energy, you know, has come to you after everything is finished.
2: uh, Yes. I remember I did a reading for a lady and I got up and I, I thought I closed out the reading, you know, smudged a little bit. And I was walking through the house and I felt like somebody was piggybacking on my back. And I physically kept trying to push them off my back. I felt like I was carrying a grown person. On my back. So I knew I saw a shadow and I said, OK, yeah, somebody wants to stay here. They're they're attaching or they did attach. That was my first time that happened. And I was like, OK, I don't know what the hell this is, but you got to go. You, you this this <laughs> this can't be I couldn't do it. So I went in and of course I cleansed and everything was cool. But i have noticed with other readings like that, I'll feel them on my back or I'll feel them on my chest. And I'm like, OK, yeah, no, mm-mm. we have to come up with some boundaries we'll figure it out
1: and you know and that's an important thing you know I'm glad you brought up boundaries you know because as readers and spiritual people who connect with spirit I believe that every reader that works with guides spirits you know angels or anybody else sets rules limits and boundaries the same as you would with a kid saying hey I am open between this hour and this hour I will knock or I will pray or I will ring a bell and I will be consistent on all those days and during those hours that I work. And during that time, you can come. After those hours, you leave me alone.
2: (laughs) No, it's good. I I really think a lot, especially new readers, don't understand that you really can put spirit on a schedule that that is a little bit more workable for you because I get a lot of readers and they were like, I didn't get any sleep because everybody was standing around my bed last night. And I'm like, why? Why were the spirit around your bed and they wanted to talk? Well, you need to tell them to come back tomorrow morning when you're up. But I've never had a problem. If I say this is the time that I'm open to spirit, normally that's the time they come through. Right. But I think there's so many people that get into it and they're opening up portals and opening up things. And they're like, I want you to come and be with me all the time. And that's what they do. Yeah. You know, they're not going to, if you invite them, they're coming.
1: Yeah. My spirits know they don't bother me in the bathroom and they don't bother me in the bedroom. <laughs> Those are the two places they do not go. <laughs> I not you even what? had uh,
2: <laughs> Michael, you don't even let them come in the bathroom with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, Amber Laguerre. I had a, um, Bone reading class with, and right. she told me to sleep, you know, bring my bones into my bedroom and sleep with them, and of course, right. you know, I had a hard time with this because i don 't bring any spiritual things into that room because <laughs> uh-huh. all I do in there is sleep i don 't want to be bothered, you know, right. but she said I needed to bind, uh, bond more with my <laughs> my bones, so I brought them in. And in the middle of the night, sound asleep, you know, and whenever I call my spirits, I always knock three times on my my boveda, my altar. Mm -hmm. Middle of the night, I wake up, three loud knocks, (laughs) and nobody's at the door. The bedroom door? It was my bone set saying, Hello. They were knocking the same way I knock on my bower, there, my altar, which is where I put my, my bones when I'm not reading them.
2: Because that's the way you communicate. So they yeah. thought they were communicating.
1: Freak me out middle of the night. First thing I do is I get up and I start looking at all the video cameras. <laughs> Anybody at the door?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is, is weird but you hear about it so much i remember when i first started putting my altars up my first one i had in my bedroom because i was sharing a house with my sister so i was trying to contain my my little area and i remember i talked to an older woman and she said you need to take that altar out of your bedroom they're going to be watching you doing nasty stuff and i was like what <laughs> what are you talking about And it was the first time I ever really even thought about spirit being in in your room with you. And so she was like, no, take it out. Now, of course, I'm like you. I'm in my room sleeping. But they do. I mean, I used to have stuff that would be rearranged. I'd wake up in the morning and it's like, what the hell? How did they get there? But it it was what it was. Now all my altars definitely are out of my room, out of my bedroom.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you need to have that because they don't always need to see what's going on. But the biggest thing is, you know, I don't even have a TV in my bedroom because I believe the bedroom is for two things only. Right now, it's only sleeping Um, (laughs) at some point, maybe something else. But, you know, I believe that that room is also very sacred and it's peace and quiet and alone time from anything spiritual.
2: Ah, you know, I wish I could disconnect like that. I, I, I actually... I mean, sometimes I do put my cards under my pillow and a lot of times for my personal readings, I will read for myself in bed. And I remember one time Candelo said, don't do that. And I get what he was saying, because he was saying you're opening up things and this is your sanctuary. This is where you sleep. This is where you should rest. But I think that's the great thing about having elders that you can talk to that have done this. And they understand what the consequences are, you know, why you don't need to do this. And that's why sometimes it's important to connect with people who are in your community who have been doing this longer because they give you they give you guidance on proper things or proper ways to do to do things that help you grow in a good way.
1: Yeah. You know, I have a lot of wonderful and great friends. You know, you're included among them. Thank you. All the People that are on my show that come on the show I I know I personally pick every single person out but I have people that I go to as well you know even being in the spiritual community for 30 years doing readings working in botanicas even I don't know everything nobody does and sometimes I have to reach out and say hey have you ever had this happen what do you do You know, how can I change this or how can I stop something from happening? Am I doing something wrong? Because if we don't ask. You know
2: what? You're right. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think as as seasoned as anybody, you never know anything. I know everything. I should say that. Never know everything. Because I think even starting out talking to people who were older than me and I was like, okay, that doesn't sound right that doesn't sound right, doesn't feel right. And then they would go to other people and learn something different and then come back and and tell me about it. So I think in this community, you really have to rely on people, elders, you know, that hopefully can give you guidance in the proper way. Because sometimes we don't see everything the same way. So you need that extra set of eyes.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of People moving away from elders and elders that have begun to no longer speak and no longer pass on information because, you know, people are stealing information, stealing people's classes, you know, disrespecting the religion or appropriating, you know, religions and cultures, you know, and disrespecting those people that have spent their entire lives Doing what we do.
2: Exactly. It's sad because I think that there is tradition in a lot of things that we do. A lot of people are coming from blood ties. They're coming from bloodlines where this has been passed not only through generations, but from past lives. And the operative word is respect. I think you're coming up with people that don't respect tradition, they don't respect the bloodlines, they don't respect. The wisdom and everything that goes into a lot of the things that we do and some of them are participating in it, but they don't get it They're disrespectful, so I think it is sad, but how can you discredit an elder? How can you discredit somebody who's gone before you? How can you steal information and and, you know pass it off as your own from somebody who's actually walked that walk? It's disrespectful. It is
1: and some people, unfortunately, believe that they are entitled. You know, I'm blessed. You know, I don't know if you know I'm white. Oh, <laughs> shit! I didn't know that! But you know, I, I'm, I I'm you blessed.
2: I'm blessed.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm blessed because I have such a great group of friends. I have a lot of elders that I respect, that I promote, that I give back to the community, you know all these people helped make me who I am. Right. And I'm lucky in the fact that I was allowed to walk that walk. I was allowed to get glimpses of their tradition. And then I was brought in and adopted because that's how I look at it. I'm adopted. You know, I have so much Irish in me. It's not funny. you know but I've grown to love all these religions and traditions you know whether it's the Haitian Vodou, New Orleans Vodou, Espiritismo you know Mm. uh, Ocha de Regla or Santeria, Palo you know all these traditions that I have learned and had glimpses of I was privileged that they gave me and allowed me to participate
2: Right.
1: You know, it's kind of like that old saying, don't shit where you sleep or where you
2: eat. I agree. I agree. I think some people people get it and they are respectful. And then you have some people, like you say, that feel entitled. But, you know, one thing I've learned, even in this short time, spirit will jump on your ass if you're not right. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but it comes back on you. So if you're disrespectful and you're really not honoring the traditions, if you're not honoring the ancestors, you're going to get dealt with. And I think it's great that you're able to say, you know what, I was adopted into a tradition and I respect it. I, you know, I really I can honor it. I can honor the people that have been with me and taught. There are a lot of people out there who don't. But they use it to sell their products. They use it to do their websites. They do it to make money off their readings. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's disrespectful. There's a certain thing as respect and loyalty. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't get it. Because the dollar sign, I think, takes over for a lot of people. They really don't give a crap about tradition.
1: No, they don't. And it is sad. I mean, you see it all over where people trying to, you know, people that have not been initiated into Santeria don't even have their electives. Doing ritual, trying to communicate, yeah. and making up their own rituals that they have no idea who they're actually really calling, you know, what spirit they're actually working with. You know, they don't know the protocols, they don't know the right way to call, they don't know all the little nuances.
2: It's true. I mean, if you if you get on some of these Facebook groups, these Wiccan groups, these uh, voodoo groups, a lot of them are people who this is a fad to them. This is something that is you wrap your head up, you know, you grab some beads and wear them around your neck and you chant a couple of times and you maybe make some money off of it. But there are a lot of people who are actually really new that are following uh, a lot of the information and it's wrong. And then you have these people three months later, oh, something's in my house. Something is bothering me. And it's like, what happened? You called something in because you went off of information that wasn't even correct. So I think in this this community right now, it is really, it's kind of iffy. When I first came in, you know, I was all green. I thought it was kumbaya, love and light, namaste, peace (laughs) be with you. And then... I got fucked up by somebody and it made me realize, Lord, this what, what is this? You know, it's not, it's not, you don't have the loyalty and you don't have the respect all the way across the board. There's some people that, that they don't go by that. It's not even in their vocabulary. So we, we deal with an interesting community right now, especially right now.
1: Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's a really tough and a sad thing because I've seen so many elders pull back So many people that have so much to give that have gone silent because that respect is not there. That loyalty is not there. The oaths that you take in a lot of these traditions, you know, that go broken rather than being upheld.
2: Right. And it's sad. It's sad because there's so much wisdom. But I do feel like a lot of them need to be discerning anyway. You have some elders out there that are working with everybody, and they're coming back and they're getting burned by people who they thought they could trust. You know, I'm looking into initiation. Initiation isn't cheap. Oh, it's not. At all. So my whole thing is if I'm going to spend thousands of dollars, why would I do that and go through the ritual and everything that I need to go through to come back and be disrespectful? Towards my elders or my people who have opened up their arms and accepted me in. Exactly. But you do have people that it, they're going to the, pay their money. They're going to wear their beads and they're going to sit up there and wrap their head or whatever. And it means nothing to them. The tradition, the symbolism of it means nothing to them. So I think in this community, too, the elders, unfortunately for the ones pulling back, I think it's really just a matter of more discernment. You need. You really need to divine who needs to be in your house. Who needs. Who needs to be taught. Who do you need to share wisdom with? But I have to say, <laughs> them some shady motherfuckers out there, though, Michael. I mean, you you got some no, going both do. ways, and that's
1: why you, got, you know, as a person that is looking towards getting initiated in any tradition, you know, you owe it to yourself to do research, to ask questions. Yeah. To ask about the person that you're going to be initiating with and the house, you know, how much the cost is going to be, what's entailed and what's involved, you know, and don't do it lightheartedly because no. this is not a money-making scheme. This is not something that, you know, we spend a $10,000 just to have a name over our head and say, hey, I'm the big man in town. uh, Right, you get initiated, you are just beginning.
2: You're a baby. It it is true. I think when I look into it, and I I saw it for three, four years, I looked for Ugon, and I was like, okay, I got to find someone that connects with me and I connect with them. And that wasn't a, it, it was a journey. I met so many people, but they weren't the fit. And I probably wasn't the fit for them. And for me to settle on somebody and say, I'm going to pay you $8,000, $10,000, it's not just for a title, at least for me, it's the beginning of wisdom of a spiritual journey that I'm undertaking that is going to help me grow as a person that is going to open me up to my ancestors, that is going to open me up to my tradition, who I am, to my blood, And that's not taken lightly. So I think for a lot of people, it's just it's so common nowadays. I mean, you got people in Florida paying three hundred dollars for initiations and they're walking around like I'm a mambo. But they don't know shit. So it is it gets really complicated. And the, the community, I think, gets a little bit more complicated, like you say, because elders are pulling back and there's no direction for a lot of people who are stepping forward
1: No, but
2: you know what I understand
1: from the elder point of view, because, you know, until we reach a time where respect is given again, they have to be very selective, you know, very selective. They have to be able to sit there and say, look, I'm pulling back right now and I know it's not going to be forever, but right now I don't like how things are moving. I don't like how things are moving in the culture. I don't like how, you know, our people are being treated, how our religion is being treated, you know, how people that we have brought in have turned around and done all of this.
2: No, it's true. You know, I think wisdom, you should be selective. And I feel like not everybody is supposed to be opened up to a certain thing. Not everybody is supposed to be taught a certain thing. Some of it is hidden for a reason. Um, you know, there's no easy or fast track way. A lot of people think you pick up a deck of cards and all of a sudden you're communicating with spirit and you're doing readings and you can charge a hundred dollars for a reading because, you know, you you picked up some skills and it's it's just not that simple. It really isn't. There's a lot more that is involved in it, and there's a passion and there's a a respect for it that I think a lot of people don't get. Yeah, but if, if, you know, it's if you're serious. You know, if you're serious about it and you're passionate about it, then you do you grow, you evolve because you find it, you seek out mentors that you can connect with
1: and you constantly challenge yourself you know i you know I do what I do on this show, you know, and I pay for the show and I pay for the hosting and my websites, you know, all out of pocket because I love doing what I do. I love to lift people, I love to help people become better at what Still there oh I thought I lost you for a second
2: no you kind of dropped out but you came back in but you know what that is why I really I respect you and when you asked, you know do you want to do the show you, you came at me in a way where you really were passionate about what you were doing I could tell that you loved what you did and you wanted to help people and that spoke volumes about you you know you get a lot of people that talk the talk but they don't walk the walk but you do And you've opened up a channel where people can come in and say, this is what I do. And people feel safe. They feel safe talking about what their gifts are, what their abilities are. And they feel safe talking about being of service to spirit. A lot of people don't. They're still scared. But you're opening up that channel. And that's one of the things I
1: love. You know, I don't like patting myself on the back. I don't like giving myself props. I don't like talking about myself. You know, when I started this show, because, you know, I used to host or co-host a show a few years ago, and I kind of felt that the show was kind of moving more into the, it's mostly about the host and the co-host. Now, granted, the host is important because it is the host's show, but I wanted the show to be more about my guests, you know, what they bring to the table, you know, how they can help new readers become better at what they do
2: right well we need it because there are a lot of new readers out there when i first started i there were very few people that even wanted to help because it was a lot of um i guess competition a lot of people just didn't want to help you get to their level and so as a new reader you know you go through a lot of pitfalls of trying to figure things out do i need to do this how do i do this is this the proper way to do it A lot of it was trial and error. And now I see a lot of readers that really are, you know, a lot of people contact me and they're like, are you going to start teaching classes? Are you going to start mentoring? And of course, I laugh because I don't even feel like I'm on that level. But for people to even come and ask me, it's just like, okay, I'm growing. This means I'm growing. But, you know, it's one of those things where you just you really need insight from people who have done it, who, who really are passionate about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, if you really want to be a really good reader, it's not all about you. True. You know, you've got to ask, you've got to talk to people, you've got to get more insight. You know, you've got to take somebody else's point of view and take whatever information they can give you. You know, what would you tell our guests and our new readers You know, what kind of tips would you give them to become a better reader? Not that you haven't given us a whole lot already today.
2: (laughs) No, you know, the whole thing about it is the main thing is trust your intuition. Trust your intuition. Trust what you feel. Trust what you hear. There are a lot of times when you're doing a reading and and the client is not being completely honest. You should be able to feel that. You should be able to pick that up. Some people try to lead you with their energy or... There are readers who are very good at reading people. All they need is one word and then they can pick up. Oh, well, this is this is this is that. That's good. But you need to understand the energy of a person. You need to kind of pick up what is not being said and then fill in the blanks. And with that, you need spirit. You need somebody else to come in and give you the rest of that story. So for a lot of readers, definitely work on your intuition. Put your books down. Spend some time with your card. Take one card a day. Look at the card. Look at every image on the card. There are a lot of, especially in tarot, there are a lot of images on one card that can go so many different directions. And if you really get in tune with that card, when you pick it up, you can feel it. Even though the card may mean something else and your intuition may be telling you, no, this is where I need to go with it. So I tell people, trust your intuition. Open yourself up that way. And then secondly, don't let people discourage you. You know, we all read different styles. Nobody is gonna be the same. So you can't keep up with somebody who's bullshitting and laughing in the live reading. I always joke joke and make fun of the angelic readers with the harps and the, the doves floating in the background because that that's not me.
1: <laughs> but no, but some I have know. seen some angelic readers that are really spot on and good. Yes. And I'll tell they're you, the really, first time I saw one, I left. Like, oh, that's really—it's too, too fluffy for me.
2: I think there's a beauty to it, but it's a different style. there's yeah. I mean, it's if it, they're good readers, you know. And I've I've had some that message me, and they're like, "Oh my god, your mouth—the f word came out twenty-something times," and I'm like, "God damn, you were counting," but. <laughs> But it's a different style. And when I first started reading, I had a lot of older people that were like, oh, my God, you're not going to be on Facebook a week because of the way you read. And I really at first was like, "Okay, I need to watch my language. I need to do this and that. But when I read, I get in the zone and I say whatever. But it works. So don't let people discourage you. Don't let people tell you how you're supposed to read. If you need understanding or you need somebody to come through and give you a word to encourage or support, be open to it. But if it's not your style, be true to yourself. Be authentic. There are too many readers out there all trying to be the same type of reader. You know, even down to the same head wrap. Yep. You know, be authentic. I mean, you've got to be yourself. You know, you could be
1: better than you even thought possible. True. If you stop trying to be somebody else.
2: Yeah. If you're emulating, can do what and, I and it's flattery. I think for a lot of people, yeah. You know, whenever I think there was a lady that was divinity diva, not divinity diva tarot, but divinity diva. And somebody sent me to her page and they were like, she's still in your name. And I went on there and she literally had the same head wrap that I had. And I had to laugh at it. She actually was a good reader. But I kept thinking how sad that they're not really seeing her. Because she's emulating me. And it was like, why? Why do that? To get what? Viewers? To get clients? But she was really good and she was really funny. Take the damn head wrap off and be you. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it
1: in Facebook groups. I've seen it among other readers where they try to maybe not take the name, but they do the style. They do the wording or the exaggerations, you know, and I understand they look up to whichever person they're personifying. However,
2: exactly, exactly, (laughs) not being
1: them. You know.
2: it, it, it is true. But you know what? I think so much. And I laugh at myself because I'm so freaking real during my live readings. I mean, I lost a tooth in Mexico and I got a tooth put in. And during the live reading, I told them if the tooth falls out or flies across the room, just turn your <laughs> head. I'm going to put it back in my mouth and we're going to be OK. You have to be true to who you are. Yes. You have to be. And I think that's what really makes you a great reader, and people see that. They connect with that. There's nothing fake. This is what you get.
1: Yeah, because anybody can act and put on the airs that they are somebody else. It takes a very strong person to be comfortable with themselves and just be them.
2: And Sometimes I think really too, spirit, to I, don't, I, don't, I don't think spirit lets you, well, they don't let me be fake. I don't know about other <laughs> people, but I, I just think spirit, they have a certain way. They want the message to come out. And they're like, you know what, just
1: do it. I agree 100%. Hey, I want to take a moment and thank a few of the people that are in our chat room. We've got Nassar, we've got Andrea Watson, Stephanie Francis, J.D. Estrada, Tanya Rondon, Andrea Roman, Terry Smith, I want to thank you guys for all joining in this morning, or I should say this evening, depending on where you're thank located. You.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
1: You know, I also wanted to make sure that people are aware of the event coming up in April, Big Apple Conjure down in New York City. Uh, you can find out information on Big Apple BigAppleConjureGala2018.com. Um, how would our wonderful audience get a hold of you, should they want a reading of any type?
2: That oh, you provide. they can just go to my Facebook page, Divinity Diva Tarot. There's a booking button, button there. You can also find me on Instagram, Divinity Diva Tarot. So uh, my daughter keeps telling me I need old people only go on Facebook nowadays. She goes, Mom, you need to get on Instagram. <laughs> that's where it's popping. So I'm going to try to up my my little followers on Instagram, but they can find me on both. Now
1: I heard that you will also be someplace this
2: weekend. Listen to me, I was like what what you heard? What you <laughs> what, what business you I heard you're going to be at Conjure New Orleans. <laughs> You know, you know how we black people are. What, what is it you have heard? Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to go spend some time with Sin Mose. I'm going to spend some time with Mama Star. Hopefully get out there and do some readings. Honestly, I just they're both great people. I love their energy. I love the energy in New Orleans. So if you're in New Orleans this weekend, come through. We can do some readings. We can share a bowl of gumbo. I'm up for it. If you're buying grenades, I'm there.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I found that and I saw that. I wanted to make sure that you made mention because I know you were going to be doing readings this weekend there. And I also appreciate and love New Orleans. I'm still waiting to get down there myself to see some people. So I wanted to make sure that you gave a shout out.
2: Oh, well, I appreciate it. Conjure New Orleans. I mean, it's, it's, if you haven't gone, I can't even speak enough. And they've increased. Their products, the energy there is just crazy. And Mama Star and Moise, you can't, you just can't go wrong. There's so much knowledge between those two. And Mama Star might corner you and tell you a story and give you all kind of recipes and rituals. Don't even, you wouldn't even know it. It's all in the story. It's she's cool, cool people. I have yet to meet her, however,
1: that will happen at some point. So we're getting ready to wind down. I want to thank everybody for joining us with our wonderful and talented and beautiful, delicious Divinity Diva.
2: Oh, my god. Would you like to say our final
1: goodbyes for today?
2: I'm telling you what, if you grow that beard back, boy, I might chase you. (laughs) I might chase you. Now, I know, you know, we ain't going to even talk about it. We ain't going to talk about it. I'll just be about it.
1: That's all good. (laughs) You know, I (laughs) I have that effect on the
2: ladies.
1: (laughs) So, would you like to say goodbye to our wonderful audience? And thank, I for would. Joining us.
2: thank you guys so much for tuning in For taking a little time out of your night To listen to little old me I really appreciate it I'm very humble about being here Michael, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity Just to say a little bit about myself I love your passion and what you're doing for the community Don't stop it, okay?
1: I'm going to do my best I kind of love what I'm doing myself I appreciate you being here and I was glad that I could get you to come and join us you know, As always, you know We have a website, TheDivinationTable.com, where you can go and you can look up all of our guests that have been on the show, will be coming on the show, and there's also a contact link as well, so you can look through and find your favorite host or guest and look for them and their contact information. So if you're looking for a reading from any of our wonderful guests, you can always go to TheDivinationTable.com. Have a wonderful evening, and we will see you next week.
2: Thank you, you, Silver Fox.
1: You are most welcome, my sweetheart.
2: Bye.